Welcome to the Winner Takes All podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything competition, whether it be sports, reality competitions, or if Claire is the real winner of this season of The Bachelorette. If you're competing, we're talking about it. I am your host, Kevin G, and I'm here as always with my co-host, CJ. CJ, how you doing, man? A little cold right now. It is cold, man. It's, even though we're in Vegas, it's been like 40 degrees, 50 degrees here. Well, the reason I'm cold is because I've been outside Walmarts every night trying to get that <laughs> PS5. Because there's rumors that they have them in store. Uh-huh. So you show up early, and then they tell you to go away. Oh. And it's cold at night. I don't think they're going to be in store, man. I mean, one of the uh, the employees there said that the one night that I didn't camp out, uh-huh. they had 22. <laughs> Wait, the one night you didn't go? No, nah, man, I wanted to be warm. And that's the night they had them? So the morning of, they had 22. Okay. And they were trying to hold on to them to do an online drop on Wednesday. But then rumors got out and they went to do one but they had to do a manager override and then one person saw that somebody else was getting one so then a bunch of people came running up and then they had a mini riot in store so they ended up selling all 22 no yeah dang you know what? i i would feel terrible for the 23rd guy yeah because it wasn't even supposed to be happening yeah. yet here they are and they didn't even still get to get one is that Better or worse than the Walmart fiasco of getting it in your cart and not being able to check out. That's worse because you're actually there. You saw it, and then you have to watch everyone around you take it home. At least with the uh, online bot situation, you just assume that no one got it, and you don't have to see it on his face. That's true. But you do have to see the person that posted a picture with 15 of them on Twitter. (laughs) I I was watching um, a video on Twitch of a bot constantly scanning pages looking to buy them when they were coming on sale do you have nothing better to do with your time no it's not that that i have a lot of things to do i record like three podcasts man i'm like real busy <laughs> i like a real job and stuff to watch bots on but twitch i was at work and the guy was like yeah man there's a twitch feed where you can watch a bot buy it and i was like what and so i like watched for maybe a minute and a half two minutes and watched as they like opened web page after web page and refreshed and just tried kept doing it it was like an algorithm it was crazy that's dumb and i was like laughing because i thought about you and i was like this is what he has to compete against yeah <laughs> i'm not getting a win this dude's looking at pages this computer's looking at pages every second it's a new web page coming up whatever the box for my uh series x keeps me warm at night yeah listen i'm glad i was able to get one cyberpunk 2077 just dropped I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet because it just came out uh, yesterday from time of recording. But I got that. Uh, I've been playing all the games, having a good time. All the games. Oh, uh, we started our our season in the NBA 2K. Haven't broke the game yet. Yeah, so for those that don't know, uh, me and CJ like to run a team together and do all the financials and all that good stuff and trade players. And we like to, a few years ago, we broke the game where we somehow amassed every single draft pick in a very future off draft. We were able to amass all the first round picks and the game didn't know what to do itself. So it wouldn't load anymore. Yeah. That's the thing. And so we're trying to see if we can get this game to that point where it won't load anymore in, in the season mode on our way where we, it's going to take some time. 
Yeah, I think we were about 35 seasons in that time. <laughs> yeah, before it broke. <laughs> we'll get there. Hey, shouts to Jalil Okafer, who was a Hall of Famer in our video game, in our version of the video game. That is not what happened in real life, though. No, no, he's been on several teams. We'll talk about basketball next week, but that was something that did happen. This week, though, we're going to talk about the Amazing Race, the Challenge, Olympic sports. But first, we're going to start off talking about the NFL. There was a game last night, CJ. Was it really a game? Because uh, there was a game on TV. I mean, it was more of an execution. Um, Cam Newton went out there and did the best he could. So I had a long conversation with the future wife last night. Yep. Because she was discussing the merits of Belichick and Brady. She thinks that this season is an indictment on Belichick. Ooh. Because she says that obviously he couldn't have been that good without Brady because the Bucks are good. Hmm. I said that this is more an indictment on Belichick, the GM, and not Belichick, the coach. Correct. Because he has historically never been able to develop receivers. Correct. So Brady saw the writing on the wall, similar to Kevin Durant with the Warriors, of you are not getting better and you don't have an avenue to get better. So why would I stay when I'm trying to chase rings? So he left. You brought in Cam, but Cam didn't have anybody who would help them succeed like you're just kind of stuck and the most like interesting thing to me is they have not been able to figure it out because they have no viable weapons on offense like you you're gonna run the ball and your running offense has been decent but i'm just gonna put nine in the box because nobody has beaten me over the top right and even though they have like you said cam who's a different kind of weapon it it's not something they've had to work with before. And the other thing is, as you see, early in the season, they were running Cam a lot, and they've stopped running Cam a lot because they want to protect him. He only has five touchdown passes and nine picks this season. Like, most of his production has come on the ground, but if you can't, if you can't complete a forward pass, how good can you really be in the NFL? We are finding that out with the Patriots. The answer is not very good. Yesterday... They ran a graphic on the screen during the game mm-hmm. of the wide receiver draft picks that they have taken. Oh, this is going to be good. Braxton Berrios, Devin Lucian, Malcolm Mitchell, Jeremy Gallon, Aaron Dobson, Josh Boyce, Jeremy Ebert, Taylor Price, and Nikhil Harry. Of all of those names I just named, only Braxton Berrios and Nikhil Harry are still in the league. I mean, those are all recent. If you go further back, there's a bunch of That was since 2010. Yeah. They have never had good wide receivers that they've drafted. Those guys have also not been able to do well in other teams either. Right. They don't draft well in terms of wide receivers. It just doesn't happen. So I think you're right. I think it's much more of an indictment on the... GM Belichick and yes. not on the coach Belichick. Plus, everyone knows as listened before, knows where I'm at on Tom Brady. So the other thing that we got in the conversation on is I think we're underrating how much an effect the COVID situation has had on the Patriots because they had more t- players opt out than any other team this year. Correct. So And you really see it on the defense where Belichick's defenses have always been middle of the road other than the first half of last year, but they've always been extremely opportunistic and they are not this year. 
Well, they were against last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, that was embarrassing for them. And that was embarrassing. The one week Justin Herbert looked like a rookie was when he was playing me in fantasy. It was ridiculous. But you also saw it in the they had a pick six. They had a punt return for a touchdown. They didn't have to do a whole lot on offense. And those are the games that they excel in is you don't have to do a lot. When the when the Patriots get down 10, 14 points in a game, that game is pretty much over. Right. And that's what happened yesterday when they were playing the Rams. Mm-hmm. They went out there. The Rams had Cam Akers running all over the Patriots. The kid, I think, had 160 yards or so on the ground. Then you add in the th- the constant threat of having Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, or Cooper Cup running out there, catching balls from a halfway decent Jared Goff. It's just a recipe for disaster. And then Aaron Donald bearing down on Cam. <laughs> it's just never something that anybody would want in their life. But like, other than Cam Akers running wild, the Rams offense didn't look great yesterday either they also couldn't really pass they didn't have to they didn't have to but they couldn't i think they could have if they had to i don't know if they could because jared goff did not look very comfortable but when you go up 17-0 before you know midway through the second quarter because first drive touchdown but cam Akers had a 40-yard run second drive field goal then pick six on the next drive because like where that game was lost was early in the second quarter when Cam threw basically a pick six on a screen in the red zone. Then they went down the field again and got stopped on fourth and goal at the one. Then they went down the field again and got a field goal. That's three times you should have gotten points and you walked away with three. Right. So now you're down 17 to three when this game should have been at least 17-9. Your team can't hang. Right. And then they need to execute. The yeah. Patriots have to execute. I'm not afraid of not. We're not going to be seeing the Patriots in the play in the postseason for the first time in a long time, and I'm okay with this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to miss them. Change happens. You know who else you're not going to see in the playoffs? Who? The Jets. <laughs> no. So I want to talk about Greg Williams driving the tank last week. Okay. So, by the way, that was beautiful when I looked on Twitter and I saw Mina Kind said, "Let me write out. Let me draw what the what the play looked like." And it was a picture of a tank that she drew <laughs> in the space between uh, Derek Carr and the, the offense and with the defensive line. Yeah. And with Henry Ruggs running down the sideline, she drew a tank in between. <laughs> that was great. So here's the thing. The play before, the Jets ran a cover four zone, meaning they had four guys deep. They had four guys in the intermediate part of the field, and they rushed three. They still got beat by Nelson Aguilar. Yes. So the fact that you got beat deep already, I don't understand. But I understand the logic of, well, we need to send the house. Here's the problem with sending the house. You've been sending the house all day, and you had gotten two sacks. That was it. That was it. Two sacks. So you're like, I'm going to bring the house. Well, if you're going to bring the house, that's fine. But don't run man. Have three dudes line up at the end zone because they had no timeouts and they just needed a touchdown. They had to get a touchdown. Yeah. So leave three or four dudes lined up at the five-yard line so you don't get beat deep and say, we're going to tackle anyone in front of us. Yep. And did you do that? Nope. Nope. 
You played man-to-man. He got beat on a double move, and then Henry Ruggs ran scot-free to the end zone, and you got fired. And here's the other thing. So I'm listening to a podcast, and Ryan Chazier says, if I'm calling the defense, I'm not calling that play. How come nobody on the Jets' defense said, we are not running that play? That's stupid. You guard the end zone. You guard the sidelines. You don't let them get out of bounds. Game's over. True, because Greg Williams calls the play from the booth. And it goes into somebody's headset. Exactly. And then you literally go, hey, we're not running that, fam. We're going to do this. We're going to go ahead and do this thing instead because that's dumb. Yeah. You know what? Maybe they were just fine with Greg Williams getting fired. Does he get another job? 100%. He's too well connected in the league not to. Um, I don't know. I don't know about him and Adam Gates. I don't know when they both get jobs again. Better question for you as a Saints fan and familiar with Greg Williams. Is this more or less embarrassing for Greg Williams I was than just, Bounty Gate? I talked about that this week, right? Um, that's how come I don't think he gets another job because he has Bounty Gate. He has this on the resume. I think that might be it. But here's the thing. we In the sandwich of I, crap this is that more he's put together. This is, more, this is more embarrassing than Bounty Gate because with Bounty Gate, we were at least successful. True. but So you have Bounty Gate, which is a huge embarrassment. You had this, which is a huge embarrassment. You know what you had in the middle? The revival of Baker Mayfield under Freddie Kitchens. Okay. He was the interim head coach when they got good. And he was pissed because he didn't get an interview for the head coaching job. Who Greg Williams was? Yeah. Hmm. That's why I say he gets another job because he's too well connected to not get a job. And I think this is more someone had to fall on the blade for Adam Gase. What we're really going to find out is if the Jets don't clean house and Gase keeps this job, he was instructed to tank. Wait a minute. There's a in what world? Wait, what? what? So I think that they might, they might. You mean what? They might keep an Owen possibly sixteen coach. Why haven't they fired him yet? <sighs> Good question. So you. So here's my Hugh thing. Jackson did get another season. Hugh Jackson got another season and he won one game. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm did, thinking. Did, did Hugh Jackson go? Did they? Did the Browns go one and fifteen, then zero and sixteen? I think it was the other way around. I think they were like two and fourteen, zero and sixteen, one and fifteen, something like that. It was not good, right? But but Hugh Jackson was there for a majority of that. <laughs> Yo, you're right. They did go one and fifteen, and then, and then he went, said, "We're not going to go one and fifteen again." And then they and went zero and sixteen. He said, "I'm going to lose more games than I yeah. lost." And then they were like one and five when he got fired, which is crazy. So you might be right. So which is crazy? Which is crazy? So you might be right. So here, here's a just a I'm thinking out loud, and I haven't talked to anyone about this, but I'm thinking that the Jets' ownership came to Adam Gase and said, "We're going to tank." Mm-hmm. but you're going to be here through it. You need to do everything in your power to make sure that we are awful so that we can clear the books and get a top pick because last year they went seven and nine and they fired the GM before last season. So Gase has been there longer than the current GM. Right. So I think he got instructions from ownership and the GM to be bad this year. So he's being bad. I don't think Gase is a good coach. He was the king of seven and nine in Miami, but he's not seven and nine this year. If they were going to fire him, they would have fired him already, especially because last week 
before the game, or was it this week? I don't remember. He said that we have failed to develop Sam Darnold. So he just threw Sam Darnold under the bus, which means Sam Darnold is not going to be the quarterback there next year. So how do you keep Gase if you're getting rid of everyone else? So you heard that as them saying that they will not be bringing back Sam Darnold. I heard that as an indictment on himself and that they would try to do better. If they're trying to do better, then why bring Gase back? Because he has shown that he's incompetent. True. Where does Darnold go, though? He is young enough that he's going to get a second chance similar to Josh Rosen. Shout to my guy, Josh Rosen. You see Josh Rosen this season? No. You know where he is? He's in Tampa. He's holding the third the quarterback. Holding a clip, not even holding a clipboard then. No, he's not holding a clipboard. He's sitting in the stands watching the game with the mask on. <laughs> Learning behind Tom, terrific. Man, Josh Rosen, that dude, it's just been unfortunate for him in his career. But I think Sam Darnold does get a second chance elsewhere. How do you feel about him going and replacing your quarterback in San Francisco? So the the feelings I have about anyone replacing Jimmy Garoppolo, it's something different. How do you feel about Carson Wentz? Who, by the way, for those that don't know, be living under a rock. Jalen Hurts is now the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I still don't think Carson Wentz is that bad. I think it's been a combination of bad injury luck, bad play by Carson Wentz, and bad coaching. And then if you add in there a hurt offensive line and no real name wide receivers. So that's the thing. So... The offensive line, all five starters, the only one that has made it this far into the season is their center, Jason Kelsey. The other ones are all second or third string. Like yeah. you literally have guys that you're starting off of the street in the NFL to protect this dude. So he has no trust in his line. Then you add into the fact that he has no trust in his receivers because all of them are hurt. Last year, he made the playoffs. He was pretty good, but people don't like Carson Wentz, so they forget that he was pretty good. They had they didn't have a single wide receiver that went over 500 yards, mm-hmm. but they had Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard who got them through last season and they made the playoffs. This He's, year he didn't have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard yeah, most he of the year. Didn't have Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz this year, and that's why they've been god awful. And like I think their leading receiver this year is Greg Ward. It is Greg Ward. That's terrible. Yeah. So their offense is just looked like trash. They can't run the ball because Miles Sanders has been hurt. Yep. They can't throw the ball because they have no viable receivers. Yep. What do you do? You blame Carson Wentz, apparently. You blame Carson Wentz, who has taken more sacks than anyone. But if he's taking sacks, it's because he doesn't trust the line or trust his weapons. So why not simplify the <laughs> offense? I mean, run more slants. Run more screens. If he's taking sacks, it's because he's waiting for guys to get separation that are not getting it. And that means they're not protecting him long enough to get it done. That's just point blank, period. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so Carson Wentz has to take the fall, and then now we're bringing Jalen Hurts. And then Jalen Hurts did not look very good in that second half anyway. But he can run. Right. And that's the thing, is because he can run, he there's less blame on the offensive line. Well, as everyone's talked about, the money says that they can't get rid of Carson Wentz. You are correct. The money says that. But do you... I'm about to go down their receivers. So their number one receiver this year is Greg Ward. Greg Ward. 44 catches, 351 yards. Number That's two, an, Travis Fogel. No. Dallas Goddard. 
35 okay. catches, right. 404 yards. He's played eight games. Yep. And he's number two receiver. Travis Fulgham, wide receiver three, 33 catches. Then you have Ertz at 26, Richard Rodgers, who Ertz, they picked up Ertz, off the street. Ertz, who has not been playing either. Yeah, Ertz has played seven games. He's their fourth leading receiver. Uh-huh. Richard Rodgers, who was a street-free agent, 24 catches. Boston Scott, their backup running back. Backup running back. Yeah, he's played every game. Jalen Rager has seven games. He was their number one pick this year. He's been hurt. Miles Sanders been hurt nine games. Deshaun Jackson, four games. They... They need to revamp the whole team, or at least the offense. The offense, and not even all the guys. I think Jalen Rager is going to end up being a good prospect. I think Travis Fulgham deserves a full year. They're not going to give it to him, but I think he deserves a full year. And I think he keep Dallas Goddard. They need to let Zach Ertz walk and keep that money. They need to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey, who is on the team and not doing anything. They need to let Deshaun Jackson walk and keep that money. They need to get rid of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside because that was a horrible draft pick. Can you believe they picked him over DK? Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. They they have problems. That's that's Top the to extent bottom. of it. So if you're an Eagles fan, good luck to you, Jalen Hurts. Let's see what he can do. The only I don't think much. The only thing about Carson Wentz is they can't move on from him. Correct. Because they signed him to a massive extension prior to last season after he finished his third year and that extension kicks in next year. Right. Which means if they cut him at the end of this season, they owe $58 million against the cap next year. So they won't be doing that. Yeah. So he's going to be in Philadelphia for at least a year, probably two more. So if you, this is just a question because I don't know how this works. If I make a trade, if I trade him, do I have to eat that cap money? You have to eat the non-guaranteed money. Huh. So... Unless it is structured in a way to give you cap relief, but most teams will not do that. Right. So he will be there. He will be there because you like basically when you get traded, all of your guaranteed money accelerates onto the cap for your team the following year. Mm -hmm. The rest of the money is basically paid out as a roster bonus to buy your new team. So let's say he got traded just for, even numbers' sake, he was on a five-year, $50 million contract. $25 million of it was guaranteed. That would all go against the Eagles immediately. He would get paid. The other the other team would basically be on the hook for five years, $25 million. Okay. And they would be paying that in game checks. Oh, okay. So it looks like he'll be, he'll, he'll be on that team then. Oh, he's going to be there for a long time. There, he will start for the Eagles again, and it's not going to be because Jalen Hurts was hurt. Right. Oh, uh, shouts to you for saying that Mitchell Trubisky would start again. Yeah. Early in this podcast. And he did. Yeah. Cause he you is. know why? Cause Nick Foles is still worse than Carson Wentz. But is Nick Foles. <laughs> yes. But is Nick Foles um, hurt right now? Or is he quote unquote hurt? He's quote unquote hurt the same way that Mitchell Trubisky was quote unquote hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, shouts to Mitchie. Do what you gotta do. Carson Wentz, you will be starting again. And at that point, you need to really show your medal so you can keep that job. Yep. I want to switch gears, though. That's enough about the NFL. I want to talk about the Amazing Race because they had a couple NFL players go home this week. Yeah, they had former running back for the Panthers and Steelers, D'Angelo Williams. 
mm-hmm. and his amazing race partner and former teammate on the Carolina Panthers, Gary Barnridge. Barnridge also played for the Browns. And he was a tight end. So this this season on the amazing race, there was something that was really unprecedented happened. There was a alliance of five. The mind five. They were created and they worked together in challenges to really get themselves towards the end. Which you never see. A lot of times it's loose partnerships and a little bit of help here and there. But you've never seen a group ally give themselves an alliance name and then consistently work together to make sure that that alliance makes it to the end. And it was astonishing to see, especially because it did end up actually being most of the strong teams for the season. Yeah. So if you put the, just like in Big Brother, if you put the best five groups together, you can see how far you can go. And I think that's part of the reason why I haven't enjoyed this season of The Amazing Race as much as previous seasons. Ooh, I've enjoyed it more, actually. I don't because I like seeing, I like the idea that anyone can win. Mm. And some of these challenges, they legitimately needed help. So going back to D'Angelo and Gary, this season, they've been very headstrong mm-hmm. and just going in, we're going to use our muscles do the work for us. And they haven't been the smartest of teams. Nope. But they've been consistently near the top. Yes. Because they're freak athletes. And they just use that to their advantage. Yes. This week, they had the first ever in Amazing Race history city sprint. So in the Amazing Race, the final four teams all arrived in the Philippines after having to lose a member of the final five when D'Angelo you turn the brother sister pair and they ended up going out which is funny because D'Angelo you turned them because he thought they were at the bottom of the alliance and they got there first with the brothers but in reality D'Angelo and Gary were at the bottom of the alliance yeah but because they got there first and they got there with the brothers they were able to work out a little deal of we're going to u turn them and then you you turned us yeah so they ended up getting their brother and sister out. This week, they all arrive in the Philippines with the volleyball bros going there, getting there first. Yep. And then the boyfriends came in second, went second. Then D'Angelo and Gary, and then Hung and Chi, the married Chi, couple. The married couple going forth. So they get to the Philippines and they do, as CJ was saying, a city sprint. The city sprint was going to be no detours. No roadblocks. There's going to be three tasks or four tasks mm-hmm. that they just had to knock out. And whoever got done first and got back to the mat, that was how the order was going to be going to the final three. Which I don't think really matters because the final is also sort of a city sprint, except the, they have two roadblocks normally. Right. The The final is a city sprint because you're getting from one part of whatever city they're in, the in, and out in America mm-hmm. to the other end of the spot but with roadblocks and detours will stop you along the way right with there being a final four just like any good alliance the reason i've enjoyed it more is because just like any good alliance there was a final five alliance and then in the final five alliance there was a final three alliance which was hung and she the boyfriends and the brothers the volleyball bros yes so like you said d'angelo and gary thought that they were on the inside but they weren't. But they weren't. The brother and sister are also on the outside. 
They weren't on the inside. So with that being the case, the three of them, those three teams, were still going to try to work together but not work together in this final sprint. So here's the thing about the city sprint. Do you think that the producers put it in to break up the alliance because this alliance usage has been unprecedented? Um, No. So I just want to say this on the record. I think most reality shows, while they're already in production, don't change too many things on the fly because of whatever's happening. Because a lot of these things are pre-planned for months. So they know how it's going to go. They sometimes tweak things, but they cannot completely change the format by putting in like a city sprint out of nowhere and like canceling the roadblocks. I mean, you say that, but Claire just broke the bachelorette. Yeah, that's way different. There's no like competitions and stuff. You literally just don't go on a couple dates. I mean, the competition is the date. Like, I think Claire couldn't break the bachelorette if they're traveling. Maybe. They would have to fly Tasha out to France or whatever, wherever they're at. Like, that's harder. Well, what about being at the La Quinta? You could break it by just having her quarantine. Well, Caitlin broke the bachelorette, too. How? When they hooked up in Ireland? Yeah. And then they went back to Utah? No, they didn't go anywhere. They stayed there. Yeah. They they broke it. She broke it by staying. Like they they just they just hunker down because that's how you change things on the fly. You can't actually change anything. You just stay in the same spot and try to figure it out. La Quinta Inn, you're staying in the same spot. Right. When 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 um when uh, Bristow, Caitlin Bristow, slept with that with uh Nick. Yes. They just stayed in the same spot. That is true. They didn't go anywhere because she has now ruined all the plans. Mm-hmm. We're talking about completely changing a leg of the race because of a, people working together. But I mean, you could change the leg of the race for, in this case, you go to Manila, they had the task where one of them could have been a roadblock. One of the tasks they did, one of the, like the race in the high heels right, could have been part of a detour. So that's the only thing you do is instead of having one person compete, you have, instead of having two, one person compete, you have two. So. That's all they could really do. I mean, I guess you're right. Because the it could have been race in heels or find the dragon. Yeah. You and, still do the same like task. You still have the task yeah. there. And then the feeding of the horse could have been a roadblock for one person. Right. Like you still have the same task. You just change the parameters. So like I said, you could change a couple things, but you don't. Those tasks were always going to be done on that leg. Right. All those tasks were already set. Same thing when people talk about Survivor. They're like, oh. They gave them a bean challenge because so-and-so, they want so-and-so to win. No, you nah. can't just change that. We're going to talk about the, the the challenge in a minute. People think, I have heard in the last couple days, that it was change. So that way CT and West didn't have to compete against each other. I don't think so. It was not. Yeah. It was never going to be a guy's elimination day. It was always going to be a girl's elimination day. Always. Just look at the size of the beam that they had to go across. Hold hold that thought. Let's get back to it because I have to finish this amazing race thought. Okay. So we get to the end after they do their task. Mm-hmm. And the final challenge, they have to listen to a rock band play music from different part legs of the race. Yeah. 
the teams had to figure out number one, what they were playing. Yep. Number two, match what they're playing to different flags that are on musical instrument cases and then order them in the order that they heard it on the race, which the band was not playing it in that order. Right. Number one, that band, none of those songs sounded like something you heard on the race. Uh, the one from Trinidad and Tobago was the only one. Yeah, Deo. But you know what Deo sounds like. Right. The rest of them sounded nothing like what it actually sounded like. Correct. So now every team is confused because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Either. Also, when I was competing in those other challenges, I wasn't probably paying that much attention to the music. Right. Except for Deo because I had to actually play it. Right. And that's like I told Future Wife that this was the hardest puzzle I've ever seen on this show. One of the hardest ones. The ones that the Beekman won. Also difficult. Very difficult. And there was like some flags you had to put in like order. In front of UN. Yeah. I, I, but that one was, so the thing about the flags is everyone has a notebook and they keep notes throughout yeah. the season. So you have to know the flags. I'm not keeping audio notes. I'm not keeping <laughs> audio notes. And that's why I think this was the hardest challenge the show has ever done. Okay. So they had to figure it out and you saw the Alliance of three turn quote unquote, turn on Gary and D'Angelo. They didn't really turn on him. Gary and D'Angelo just didn't know they were on the outs. Right. So they did a great job of keeping the Alliance of Three a secret. Right. But they had to work together. The whole thing they were saying, we're not going to work together because we have to make sure we punch our ticket to the end. Right. Once they realized we could not do this on our own, the three teams decided to work together and work through the permutations of whatever combinations it could be until they figured it out. My favorite was when D'Angelo turns to the boyfriends, the, the gay couple, and says, you want to work together? Nah. They're like, nah. <laughs> nah. And then just like, D'Angelo's like, okay, I guess we're not working together. And then he's like, wait a minute, they're whispering a lot. I think they are working together. Yeah, and Gary says, nah. They, nah, they're not. Yeah, but no, they were. Those two of them just weren't involved. Yeah. And when it's all said and done, they go back and read the clue. Mm -hmm. Reread the clue. Realize that they were putting them in the wrong order and then redo it where they put them in the right order. The volleyball rows went first, then the boyfriends, then Hong and Chi. During that time, D'Angelo and Gary basically just gave up because when there's three, there's only three seats, three t seats left at the musical chairs. Yeah. And three of them are holding hands to make sure they cover them. Yeah. If you're the fourth team, you're not going to sit in that chair. Nope. It's just not going to happen, no matter mm -hmm. how much you try. And they realized that. And the Alliance was able to make it out, all three of them, to the final three. And the worst part for Gary and D'Angelo is they were the closest to getting it right the whole time. Yeah. Because there was two different times that they got the first three cases right in the correct order. And the fourth time, they put Germany twice, and it should have been France. Yep, they were they so close. They just couldn't get that one country. If they were yeah. able to get that done, I think we're looking at a D'Angelo, Gary, Volleyball Bros, Boyfriends Final Three. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think don't, that's it. I don't know who. I think the Volleyball Bros win it, but I'm not sure. I think the Volleyball Bros were consistently the strongest team beginning yeah. to end. But Gary and D'Angelo were freak athletes. Yeah. Not that the volleyball bros weren't. They were also professional volleyball players. Yeah. Um, and the boyfriends were probably the smartest team. I think Hung and Chi is very smart. They're very smart, 
But I think the boyfriends, because they made it a point to watch all the seasons before they went on. They understand how this game works. Exactly. Which is why they were the masterminds of that alliance. I am a fan of the alliance. I hope more seasons have alliances. And we start seeing multiple alliances, just like Richard Hatch. Suhawk, Rudy, and all of them broke the game in season one of Survivor mm-hmm. by introducing the alliance. I hope future racers see this alliance and realize that the best way to get this done is to try to work with together together with like a group of four or five. And then just, you know, do the onion alliance strategy and make sure you have an alliance within the alliance. Yeah. Alliances have layers. That's what you have to do. That's how you get to the end. So how do you feel about D'Angelo's tantrum at the finish line? So I, at the, I'm i here for it. I'm here for it. So at the end of the race, Phil Phil says, you got to the last team to check in. D'Angelo then immediately says, I did not have a good time. This was not worth it for me. This amount of money is life-changing for some, but not for me. Correct. This was not something that I enjoyed at all. And... This is to Phil's face. This is not like in an off-camera interview. This is to Phil's This is his face. exit interview. Yep. And then Gary's like, well, I'm going to speak for D'Angelo and say that we had a good time. Thanks for having us. These are places we probably would have never gone. But D'Angelo did not enjoy it one bit. The race is hard, though. It, so watching the show, like, it is great, but it's not a good time. You're making all of these trips in about a 17 to 21 day schedule. You're going nonstop. You sleep anywhere you can or on planes and it's just go, go, go. I don't think it could have been that great. And also in D'Angelo's defense, I think he was acting like a child, but his career earnings is $45.125 million. So a million dollars that I got to split with Gary don't mean nothing to me. This money is not life-changing, but you're going on the show for the experience. You just came out and said, I came to win, and if I don't win, it's not worth it. No, I said that I went and I came for the experience, and I did not enjoy this experience. (laughs) This experience was not fun. And then especially when you just watch three teams collude against you in your face. Because once the volleyball bros got the right answer, they went to leave. Walked right by Gary and D'Angelo, who went up next. And told the other and two. And then went and told the other two what, was, what the right order was. And then Gary and D'Angelo see them telling them. And they're like, oh, man, they just told them. Yeah. They just told them what the answer was. This is messed up. So they had a, a little bit of a tantrum, but it was very well warranted to me. I mean, Gary was very gracious. D'Angelo yeah. was not. <laughs> D'Angelo just told him how he really, really is. He's a real <laughs> one. He's one of the real ones. So he, all he does is win, 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 no matter what. He but, just tries to, man. But his hands did not go up in this case. It, well, he just saw what happened, man. It was not a good look. I mean, neither is a tantrum on the way out. I don't think he cared about it at that point. I mean, like I said, uh, well, once you once you couldn't get it done, you, they took the penalty, which is a two-hour penalty. He says to Gary, go ahead and get your sleep on because it don't matter because they just watched the other three teams leave. I mean, D'Angelo. He sat there and fumed for two hours. He did sit there and fume for two hours, but D'Angelo not being able to figure things out has been a common thread of this race. Mm -hmm. When they walked down the side of the building in Germany and he couldn't figure out that it was sauerkraut right? because he couldn't even find the letters. That was D'Angelo not paying attention 
or to detail. When they were in the water, um, and they had to find those fish. Yeah, D'Angelo wasn't paying attention. He wasn't paying attention. And even in the last leg, when they had to do the tile, D'Angelo was there first, and he spent so much time just trying to put the tile together. He never went and followed the example. Right. All he had to do was grease the thing. Right. And yet he just, I'm gonna do this. Oh, it fell apart. Well, I'm gonna do it again. Oh, it fell apart. Well, I'm going to do it again. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that's what he did. He was insane. He was yeah. insane. He assumed that his athletic gifts would get him by, which they probably have his entire life. Right. And it didn't work this time. Which is why he would then throw the tantrum. Because it didn't work out for him this time. And he's not happy about this at all. And like I said, I would also be pissed if I just watched three people work against me. Like I just watched you. I mean, Hell, me and you played Monopoly a few months ago. And my girlfriend said, let's not trade with Kevin. I was pissed. Well, I mean, I she made sense. Watching people collude against you is not something you want to happen. Here's the thing about collusion. Because I'm like you. I don't like it. But. Do it if it makes sense. She said, let's not trade with Kevin. And at the time, it didn't make sense to make that argument because you weren't ahead. Once you got ahead, not trading with Kevin makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's all about when you do it. And because well, we played phase 10 uh -huh. and everyone colluded against me against their own best interest. Right. And once people stopped it wasn't that people stopped colluding against me it's they started acting in their own best interest i was fine with it i was like collude against me fine i don't care but don't collude against me against your own interest well then when you're watching the volleyball bros and hung and chi and the boyfriends collude against gary and d'angelo because they don't want to race against them in the final of the race. They just didn't want to see them in the final. Yeah, that's the it's for their best interest. It makes sense, but it still makes you mad if you're the one on the field. <laughs> if you're the one, it's hindsight's 2020, but when you're in the moment, which is what would happen then, because at the time that D'Angelo was going off, it's right after he had to take a two hour penalty <laughs> and think about the collusion he just saw for the last two I hours. Mean, once they, so here's another just question i have is once the three left and you knew they were going to the finish line do you still have to finish out the penalty or can you just go to the end because you're getting eliminated anyway i think that they sh I, i've seen phil do this in the past and he comes and gets them that's I what i thought he was going to do he too. was going to come and get them once the other three made it to the mat yeah there's no point in making gary and d'angelo hang it out because they're, they're already not going to do it and yeah phil will go get you when there's no point like when the Seasons ago, when the Globetrotters were on, yeah. and they tried to make that big move, taking a separate flight before they booked all their flights together. Everyone used like people used to book their own flights, and the Globetrotters said, "If we take this flight, we have a thirty-minute connection window, but we will get there twelve hours before everyone else." Yeah, they missed their connection. They got there twelve hours after everyone. Phil just met him at the airport. Yeah, like there's no reason. Right, just not even waste your time. But good try though. I like yeah. I like the moxie. I'm surprised they didn't get him, but maybe it was like an hour. Maybe it was like an hour by then. Maybe. Or maybe they did, like, 
maybe once they checked in, producers just said, just go. Yeah. Like, we're going to put the timer to show, but just there's just no reason go. for you there's to There's no stay. reason to wait for the two hours. Yeah. A little production magic. Maybe. It makes sense. I could, I could definitely see that. And it sets the stage, though, for an epic sprint to the final. They'll be going to Louisiana. The finale of The Amazing Race will be next week. It'll be the Volleyball Bros versus the Boyfriends versus Parents Hung in Shape. Who you got? I'm going to take the Volleyball Bros. I really want to take them, but something in the back of my head is telling me Hung and She are going to win. Okay. We should we should bet some money on this. One dollar. That, that's that's a lot. But you know what? How about we make it a dollar ten? Okay. You said a dollar was a lot. We'll do a dollar ten. All right. Sounds good. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a dollar ten of podcast bucks on me taking the volume. What happens if the uh, boyfriends win? It's a push. The people. The people get a dollar ten. We'll give it to. We'll spread it out to listeners. Yeah. Just uh, hit us up on Instagram and let us know if, if you took the boyfriends and if they win, you, we'll give you the dollar ten amongst everyone that tells us. Sounds Straight good. Out. That sounds even. Yeah. A dollar ten of podcast bucks. Yes. It's a different kind of currency. We'll talk about that later. CJ, I think it's about that time to talk about the fifth national sport. Or fourth if you're from my neck of the woods. Yeah. The challenge. It's challenge time, baby. The challenge has started this week. I am so stoked. Let's get into the episode. The episode was great. Yeah. So I'm watching with a first-time challenge watcher, and she had no idea what was going on. She was intrigued, though. So I think I might have found a new challenge fan. Mm-hmm. The the killer for her happened very, very, very early in the episode. Was it when CT threw the shoe in West's face? It was when CT threw the shoe in Wes's face. <laughs> it was great. So the episode opens up where we see all the new challengers. TJ comes out looking suave. Got his hair slicked back. This season's called Double Agents, as we talked about in the cast preview last week. And we don't quite know what that means, but we start off with a girl and guy heat where they have to go and grab this thing that has a decoded decoder on it with these like wires. And you have to, once you go up this hill, you have to go down the hill, grab the thing, figure out the order that the wires go in, go to a briefcase with your name marked on it and plug the right wires in the right sequence in order to win. So it looked like one of the pole wrestling poles, but it had the color-coded sequence on it. Right. And it was funny because they had to run up the hill, grab it to look at it, and then go. And they let the girls go first. Lolo Jones did not let me down. Oh, Lolo went up there like the Olympian that she is. Yeah. She outpaced the field with the runs because she's a hurdler, which mm-hmm. means she has to run fast and use them legs to get up. Yeah. And she did just that and got up this hill, grabbed the little color-coded thing, goes down. the As she's about to go down the hill, Tori comes right behind her and takes it like it's a, someone handed off a baton. Yeah. And ends up in a dog pile at the bottom. So this is where I thought Lolo screwed up early. I thought Lolo was just going to run laps around him because mm. it appeared that they had that blue circle set up. Mm-hmm. And from they didn't explain the rules that well, but it looked like the thing wasn't allowed to leave the circle. 
Mm. So yes. they you could move around within the circle to look at it, but it couldn't leave the circle. I thought Lolo was just going to run laps. Well, listening to the official challenge podcast hosted by Anissa and Tori, mm-hmm. Tori said that when Lolo got up there, the plan was for Lolo to get up there and get it. And then her, the two of them were going to look at it first and then pass it on because they were just going to try to outpace the field. Once she got up there, Lolo was supposed to hand it off to her so she can go down into that little area, get the information, and try to give it to Anissa. Okay. Once Lolo got up there, though, she forgot the rest of the plan and just had it in her hand, <laughs> which is why Tori takes it from her. And then at that point, everyone catches up to them and they end up in a scrum. That makes a lot more sense because I was trying to figure out why later on Nicole was giving the answer to Lolo. Because Nicole was trying to help Lolo win so that way they could try to team up later, just in general, not knowing that this was going to be a pairs game, which this season it is. She thought she was just going to try to pair up with her later so that way, because Lolo's an Olympian. She's probably one of the strongest people on the show this season. She's either 1 or 1A of best athletes, period, on this season. Right. But Lolo, so she gets it. The scrum happens because they tackle Tori. And then it's just a lot of infighting trying to see the thing. Right. As they all go around. A couple of girls were close. Cam was close. Lolo was close. Tori was close. Uh, Big T thought she was close. She was not. (laughs) Big T was not close. She was not close, but she thought she was. Um, And we end up with Anissa getting the first W. wins a single single challenge victory, a daily. Yeah, and I did not see that coming. So Anissa's here to play, man. She's tired of losing. So here's the thing. Anissa, very smart. Yes, very good socially, not good at challenges. Not great in the challenges themselves. No. And she won first. She has eight total daily wins in her career. And this is season And this 14. is one of it. And this is her. No, she has 28. My bad. 28. She has eight spinoff wins. She has 28 total wins. And this is her 14th season. Yeah. She, Anissa does not. Anissa makes it far in the game based on her social charms. Yeah, and people think that she's weak, but she's not very weak. But she also is really good with, like you said, people and has a lot of friends. Makes yeah. a lot of friends. So she won. So then they ran the guy's heat. And that one, I expected to be a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. But it actually was a lot more civil than I ex- than I anticipated, other than Wes taking a boot to the face. <laughs> so... I think it was Josh at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, and CT went to pull him out. Yes, out of, out of the scrum, and his shoe comes off in CT's hand. So CT then just flings the shoe behind him, and little does CT know, Wes is standing right behind him and gets the shoe right to the face, and Wes goes down like a sack of potatoes. Wes went down in a pain angel. <laughs> it was great. And the funny thing is, is while they were having this scrum trying to see the thing, Wes was about seven feet out just looking. There was no way he could see the colors. No. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, he was, was waiting. Was He, he, was, he just was just waiting. Saving energy. Yeah. That's like, a very Wes move. Because everyone's fighting for the thing. So just wait till it squirts out or be the first one back at the briefcases when one of your people yell out what the colors are. Yeah. And then you just put them in real quick and try to get that win. So there wasn't an overt 
we're teaming up that you saw from the men in the way that you saw with the women. But so lines were not drawn early. They were not shown at least. No. And uh, you go through that and your boy Fessy won. <laughs> yeah, my boy Fessy. I hear you're a big fan. Big fan of Fessy. <laughs> uh, Faisal wins the guy's heat. And that dude's a big dum-dum, but he somehow still got it done. And then TJ comes and lets them know what the twist is. Or at least one of the first twists. So coming into the season, we all knew very little because it was double agents, which is a format that MTV has never ran before. So you, you, there's no information. Right. So he comes and he says, all right, y'all are teaming up. Okay. Yeah, sounds no, good. Knowing the structure of this show... I assumed that Anissa and Fessy were going to be making the combinations. I thought so too. So when TJ calls Anissa first, cause she was the fastest, which was another surprise. She was faster than the guys by a whole minute, by a whole minute. So TJ goes, pick your partner. And she had the pick of the litter and had the pick of the litter, which, okay, that makes sense. I thought she'd have the pick of the litter. Then Fessy would have his pick of the litter and then they were going to make combinations because that is a very powerful thing. Right. She picks Fessy. So now he doesn't get a pick. Right. So then what does TJ do? Well, she goes and she says she's going to pick. She's thinking about who she wants to pick. Fessy's trying to like put his head down and try to hide. This fool is like six, 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 five, like 230 pounds. Former tight end. Yeah, he's a mountain of a man. Where is he hiding? Behind little Gabby? <laughs> Behind Leo Rush? Behind Leo Rush? <laughs> no, man. He can't hide nowhere, so he tried to put his head down. But then you go like to Darrell, who's like, if she picks me, let's run this. Because Darrell's that kind of dude. And I thought Anissa was going to pick Darrell. I thought so, too. Because that was the combination that made the most sense for her in my mind. Because I think Darrell's, Darrell's a winner, mm-hmm. but he's also encouraging. And someone she's known for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, he's a, he's a physical beast. Between his body and her brains, they would have went far. Right. But but she, she picks Bessie. Okay. So Bessie says, all right, I guess let's do this because he's that kind of dude. Yeah. Big fan of him. And then TJ said something that's crazy. All right, the rest of y'all pair yourselves up. Right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Pick a partner. My jaw dropped. Immediately. They realize that they start shuffling. Yep. Trying to figure out who's going to pair with who and where to go. This is when your boy CT made a fatal mistake. He did. So Cam approached him, said. The pair just started to pair up. Yeah. Natalie pairs up with the West. Which surprised me because I thought Natalie was going to go for Darrell. Mm. And I think that team would have been unstoppable. I think this seems unstoppable because I think Natalie. Has a lot of the physical attributes. Wes has a lot of the political game. We'll Natalie's get- also extremely smart and a very good politician. Yes. And what she does in San Juan del Sur, where she lets John Mish and what's her face think that she's with them the whole time while she slits their throat behind their back. Yeah. Including taking them on a reward. Including taking them on a reward. Yeah. Is is just that's some West level stuff. It was a master class. The thing is, is Natalie doesn't have that target yet. Right. And but they all know she's a survivor. They all know she's a survivor and they all know she's already won. But what they don't 
appreciate is her social game. Right. And I think it's grossly underrated. It's grossly underrated. But when you go with Wes, Wes is a known snake. Right. So that immediately puts a target on your back by being with a snake. Okay. And I think that's where she made a mistake because if she's with Darrell, although he doesn't have the inroads that Wes has already laid over the years, she's not losing an athletic competition. Period. True. True. Period. She's not losing one. Well, another, I thought that was a good pair. Another good pair that I saw pair up was Devin and Nicole. Oh, I looked at future wife and said, that is a very strong team. Because Devin's very smart and Nicole is very dumb. Mm-hmm. But Nicole is very strong and Devin's De- very weak. Yes. I said they they complement each other very well. Mm-hmm. Another team that I saw that I thought would be very strong was going to be um, Darrell and Amber. Mostly because any team with Darrell is good. Well, I thought I saw Corey and Tori team up almost immediately. I thought that was a fantastic idea. So I think that was a comfort thing for Tori. And Corey said, yeah, you good. The thing is, is I think Corey has a target on his back immediately after CT and Wes. And although Tori is very likable, I don't know if her being with Corey will save him. Well, Corey has an alliance, right? So as Fessy talked about in the like episode zero, if you will, that mm-hmm. came out on Monday. He said that he's in a really good spot in this game because he has the Big Brother Alliance with himself, Casey, Josh, and Amber. And then you have, he has the TYB Alliance with himself, Corey, Nelson, and Jay. Because mm-hmm. I guess Jay's a part of TYB now. So, Corey has numbers out here. He has friends. True. But... It only takes one group to take a shot at you. One pair can take a shot at you and it doesn't matter. Okay. Let's just hope that none of my friends are not in that group. Yeah. Because that's the only way it would happen. I did love that when um, Corey was talking about the people. He's like, you got Casey, who won Big Brother. You got Natalie, who won Survivor. Mm -hmm. You got Josh. Ah, Josh doesn't really matter. Nope. (laughs) Nobody's afraid of Josh. So the thing that I actually found most interesting was Leroy and Cam not going together. So I did not find that too interesting because it makes more sense to split up because in that way you have two controlling votes at the time. That's how they think it's going to go. True. And if we are already working together, I don't need to be with you. Yeah, because you at the time, because again, we know nothing about this season. At the time, you're assuming that you're a unit. When you yeah. play as a unit, you go home as a unit, mm-hmm. you vote as a unit. So you're trying to take two bites at the apple. Right. Makes sense. But when Cam got turned down by CT, that was hilarious. So Cam goes up to CT and says, let's pair together. And, and CT said, says, what? What have you done? What have you do? What do you do? Yeah. And she's like, what do you I'm killer. I'm killer Cam. What do you, I, get, I get the job done. That doesn't really tell me why I should pick you, though. And he's, yeah. And then CT, like, move, literally physically moves on. Yeah. He says, okay. And then he walks away and then he grabs Ashley, mm-hmm. who's won a million dollars before with him. And she's won a challenge with him. Yes. When she won Invasion of the Champions, mm-hmm. CT was one of the stronger parts. They had to like switch partners throughout the thing. CT was one of the stronger portions of the challenge with her. Yes. So she's like, perfect. Let's run this together. CT's like, I feel real good about this. But all this did was piss off Cam. Yeah. 
which in turn pissed off Leroy. Because Leroy said, okay, Cam. Mm-hmm. So after the partnering, our teams. Let's run up- through the partners real fast. Yes. We had Amber B and Darrell. Mm-hmm. We had Amber M from Are You The One. She's paired with Nelson, who's also from Are You The One, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Different season. Anissa was with Bessie. We had Big T paired with Joseph because they were kind of just like left around. <laughs> And she kept calling Joseph by the wrong name in her first interview afterwards. Which was hilarious. Yep. Corey with Tori, Devin with Nicole, Gabby and Leo. Not a lot of size on this team, a very small team. I know nothing about Gabby, but I'm I was expecting big things from Leo. So I'm very interested to see how this goes. Me too. You have Jay with Teresa. I love Jay because Jay is me, right? Jay is a big fan of the challenge. So mm-hmm. him seeing Teresa out there. Already fangirling. So it's funny because I didn't, I saw the name, Teresa Jones. Don't know who that is. Didn't remember when I saw her po- photo. Then she showed up. I was like, oh, I know her. She's real good. Yeah, Teresa Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah man. she's real good. And so Jay sees her and he's like, let's pair up. Boom. Leroy and Cam stood around trying to figure out how to find teams after that situation happened. Because mm-hmm, everybody assumed they were going to be together. At the same time, Josh and Casey looked around trying to find teams on who to be together. Do you think people assumed they were going to be together? I don't think they assumed either of the four were going to be together. I don't think that was the assumption. So they were just the last ones at the musical chairs. Yeah. And they decided to switch partners and just do that together. Yeah. Which doesn't really help anything because you're still in the same alliance. Right. It would have made sense if like Josh had gone with like, I don't know, Tori in, in, in the working of a web. Josh goes with Tori. Casey goes with. Wes or something like that, yeah. then that way you have four groups working together as opposed to just the two. Yeah, or Josh goes and gets Lolo, who is just on the outs, but it's right. a different person. Right, exactly. That's that's what that would have made more sense. But you know, they didn't. So Josh ends up with Cam, Casey ends up with Leroy. Mm-hmm. Kyle and Nani. I like that pairing. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them are trying to get their hands dirty too much. Nope. But both of them get to the end because they're likable people and they're mm-hmm. good friends. Yeah, Liv and Michi. I think Michi did this because he's going to try to sleep with her. Yeah, I thought so too. I think that's just, you know, the kind of guy Michi is. <laughs> so I'm not surprised by that. Lolo and Nam are the most chiseled pair I've ever seen in my life. I I kind of just need a sideshow of them just having athletic competitions against each other. And then having conversations because Nam doesn't speak that much English. No. It, <laughs> so the, I kind of needed subtitles for him. I'm not going to lie. I, I got what he was saying, but it took me a minute to understand his cadence. Yes. Yes. We have Natalie and Wes paired up and then CT and Ashley. Mm-hmm. So then we head back to the house. We now have the pairs and the, we find out that the format is that everyone will be making a vote for someone to go in. Right. Except for the double agents, which are the, the pair that wins. And they're just sending someone in. And then that pair gets to send somebody in against the pair that the house voted in. In private. Normally, these votes are in public. Everybody sits around the table and they're like, uh, I pick you, CJ. Yep. And they're like, what? Why me? And then they like argue about it. And then everyone says, I vote with Kevin I, on CJ because uh, that's just the easy thing to do. But like, I like that it's in private again. Because this avoids the pile-on votes. Of once your name is said, everyone is just gonna pile on and not get their hands dirty. Oh, that's what I mean. That's what I would do all the time. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I'm saying their name too because it's I'm already a sheep. Out there. 
Yeah, it's already out there. <laughs> I'm going. That's the time you just say, "Oh, I am a sheep." I'm sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't want anyone coming for you. Right. So you, they do this, and then they have they hang out at the house because this show was filmed in the COVID times, right? In Iceland, so they built them a club at the house. Yeah, like in the backyard, in like an igloo. Yeah. So they were partying and schmoozing in the club. And this is when you had your first interaction with Big T and Joseph. Joseph taking a nap, man. That's I feel that. He was that, a whole mood right there. I was like, I mean, oh man, that's a nap right there. I like that. It didn't bite him in the ass, but that says overconfidence to me. <laughs> what? Yeah. How? This rookie thinks he can just come in and run the show. That's why he's sleeping. No. And that's what the, that's what I'm gonna be putting out there to all the little birds <laughs> to try to get his name put up. And then if I'm Joseph, when I hear this, I said, no, no, no. I was just tired. <laughs> Nobody knows you, kid. I'm, I'm in fact, the opposite of feeling really good about this. This was more work than I thought it was going to be, and I am exhausted. <laughs> Nobody knows you, kid. You're just going home. So I got to go out and earn my stripes, some yeah. BSCT, Johnny Bananas type stuff. Yep. All right. That's what you get for taking a nap. <laughs> sleep when we sleep. You eat when we eat. <laughs> I'm just so tired. <laughs> That's what Joseph said. And Big T looking fierce. She's like, boy, wake up. Get up. (laughs) You can work this thing. So they do that. And then they start going around the house to lay the groundwork for the votes. Yep. So CT and Ashley's name keep coming up. It comes up first and it comes up often. And the reason it comes up first and often is because your boy CT shaded Cam. Mm-hmm. Made the mis- the grave mistake of shading Cam, and Cam holds a grudge. Cam holds a grudge, and everyone else wanted to take a big shot early. Why not? This I is mean, your opportunity. It is your opportunity. They're both former winners. CT is a comp beast. Ashley is a puzzle beast. And Ashley will definitely take your money. Yeah. So let's get rid of them now, which yeah. makes sense. And I thought it was most telling when CT was going around. So my name come up. Nah, man, didn't hear nothing, man. Yeah, but I think it's funny because everyone's like, CT scrambling. CT's not scrambling. CT's seeing if you're going to lie to his face. Nah, man, he, that's scrambling. I don't think it's scra- scrambling because CT has always played that way. Nah. So, okay, so I've played these games before, right? I've play, I've As I've said before, I think on the podcast, mm-hmm. I play like ch- uh, challenge games, stuff like that online. If I ask a couple people where the vote is and they tell me they don't know, that means it's me. And I know it's me. True. I'm not looking to see who's lying to my face. What I'm looking to see is if there's any other name that could come up that I could try to push because I'm going to say, hey, CJ, what name are you hearing? And you're telling me, oh, I'm hearing Jackie, the future wife, right? You're hearing Jackie's name. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool. Jackie, whose name are you hearing? I don't, I don't really know. Huh. Huh. Yep. Huh. All right. All right, Bob, what name are you hearing? Uh, I don't really know. Oh, so it is me. Jackie's a fake name. And then that's when I go back to Bob and say, I heard it was Jackie. That's what I heard recently. It's Jackie. Because you try to push it to make it between the two of them. You go to Jackie and you say, CJ said your name. And you see what she says about that. Because you have to try to find another plan. Because they've already told you what time it is by not telling you. Yeah, but like, I always think of scrambling as more of a, well, if you haven't heard any names, what about this name? Like, 
he was not floating anything out. Nobody there. wants to be the first one floating names. I mean, if you already know you're going in. But then they know it's desperation. I mean, he did float Leo. Because it was desperation. He and not not only did he float Leo, the way he floated Leo was a desperation move. He said, I figured we could just do like we normally do and vote Leo. Yeah. Because he said, let's just stick to status quo because I heard we're trying to shake things up. So let's just keep it easy and vote a rookie, right? Guys? I mean, Looks if we're trying to keep it easy, I'm not putting in Leo. I'm putting in Joseph because he was taking a nap. That's what I'm saying. Like He's like, let's keep it easy. Looks around, looks around. Everyone good with that? Looks around. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And that's like you really do. Yeah. So they go, they vote. It's a secret. Yep. They, then they call in the double agents. It's a secret. Everyone's voting for CT and Ashley, except for Weston Hadley, CT and Ashley. Right. They vote for Leo. So the double agents go in. They see who's going in. So when you're the double agent, you then get the power to see who's going in. To see what agents are compromised. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see who everyone was that voted for them in secret. And that was crazy. It's no longer a secret. Those two have that information. Yeah. The double agents do. So that way they can know who's lied to them and said, we're going to vote this person, not vote this person. Yeah. You can see who all is, has turned on other people, stuff like that. It's real interesting. It's going to be a real interesting on how they play that too. Yeah. Like who it's going to show the blind sides. Right, And because you know who blindsided who, it's going to be interesting to see how long these alliances stay together. Right. So they do that. Then they go to, what was it called this season? The Crater. The Crater. So they go to the Crater. And interesting thing that I found was they didn't tell Ashley and CT they were going in before. So everyone had to dress for the competition. Right. Instead of knowing that it could only be three or four teams that go in and everyone else just wears whatever because they're not competing. No. I think everyone dresses for the competition because there's a sole person deciding who's going in in terms of the double agents. Mm -hmm. So you always have to be in the gear to be ready. Right. Whereas the other times, there's like three people that are up for elimination. So those three need to dress. Everybody else could be in street clothes because none of them can go in. Right. So I think the reason that everyone has to dress every time, including the people that are in the uh, double agents, is that you could go in. Anyone could go in. And you saw that this time as TJ says, Ashley and CT, you've been compromised. Come down here. Okay. Then CT gives Fessy and Nisa a chance to come down and compete. Because he tells him about the skulls. Not CT, TJ. Or TJ. Yeah. Tells him, you can come get the skulls. So, so once again, like last season, they did a little bit of something of a twist. They added the red skulls last season. Mm-hmm. And the red skull allowed you to go into, in order to run TJ's final, you got to have a red skull. Yep. This season, they made the skulls gold, which I love. And I love the fact that... In order to run his final, you have to have a gold skull, and there's only 10 skulls. Yep. Only 10. So, guys are going to be going in twice. There's 30 of you. 10 people are going to make it to the final. Mm -hmm. Once the first 10 are given out, someone's going back in. 
Yeah, so you're going to have to go after these people holding the skulls. It makes no sense to not go after someone holding a skull. My question is, how many how many times will people will some people be going in? Someone like Natalie once. Once. Maybe a second time. I I make a play if, if I'm in this game and if someone like Natalie has a skull or like let's say since I'm a guy if Nam has a skull mm-hmm. and I have like one of my friends is in the tribunal or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell him to send me in against Nam. So here's the thing. If Nam has a skull, if Betsy has a skull, I don't want them in the final anyway. I think it's, I think it depends on what the challenge looks like when you show up. If right. you have, if you have the ear of the double agents uh-huh. and you show up and you see it's a puzzle, Give me nah. Yeah. Give me fest. Yeah. Let Give me, me one take of them. them out so that way they're not in the final. Mm-hmm. I get that skull off them and we're good to go. Yeah. If it's human backpack again and I show I don't, up. I want Jay. Give me, yeah. give me Jay. <laughs> give me Leo. Because even though yeah. Leo is give strong. Give me Joseph. <laughs> I still, I think that Leo is strong, but I think that I would be crafty. He can probably move. He can definitely move better than I can. But like maybe I can like roll around a little bit. <laughs> if I can get Leo on my back, I can walk away with him. Maybe. But he's maybe. gonna be kicking and screaming the whole he time. He might be able to like to flip do a flip or something. I don't know. If he's on your back, maybe you like might be able to shift his body weight to like maybe. continue to roll. I mean, I've seen him fight Bobby Lashley, so I've also seen them team together. Right, but he I saw him fight Bobby Lashley. Yeah. He was a much bigger man than Leo Rush is. Well, like he told CT, I flip people for a living. Yeah. People twice your size for a living. Yeah. So so they they have the challenge. So CT and Ashley go in. We learn about the skulls, bringing the skulls back. He gives Anissa and Fessy a chance to come down for a skull. He said, TJ nope. does. Yeah. We don't, we don't want a skull tonight. We're good. Like, yeah. We're good. And then like people on the internet, you have said, you internet people have said, Fessy copped out. He didn't, man. It's the first one. Why am I going to go against CT? Yeah. That make no sense. Yeah, let me stay here, make some money. Yeah, and let me try to like find a better opportunity for myself. Right. I'm not going against CC on the first night. Get out of here. So they said House took a big shot. We're going to take a bigger shot. So rewind. This was always the plan. This was always the plan. When when the house was talking about getting when Leroy and Cam were talking to Anissa about getting rid of CT and Ashley, mm-hmm. they had the bright idea, which was a really bright idea. It's not like a facetious one right was that since Wes is also a former winner and Natalie's a former win- winner in a different realm and survivor yeah. let's put the winners against each other because then at least one group of winners goes home at least which is funny because this isn't winners at war but it very quickly became yeah winners at war correct so they say we're gonna take the shot uh-huh they put in Wes and Natalie yep shocker nobody was ready for that so they walk down. They are saying, well, I guess we're going in. We're going to have to win this one. Let's, you know, get our skulls, get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Nobody will want to see us once we get our skulls. Right. Because Ashley also didn't. Everybody's very afraid of Natalie. Yes. As they should be. They should I be. watched her with those log challenges. You know what's funny? The, everyone is afraid of Natalie, and I still don't think they're as afraid as they should be. Right. <laughs> they're not scared <laughs> enough. Yeah. They're not scared enough. Because, like, when I said that Lolo is either 1 or 1A of best athletes, I think Natalie's the other one. On the female side? No, period. 
I think on the female side, I think Nam's a very, very good athlete. He's a very good athlete. I think he's probably right up there with them. He didn't even win his episode of Beastmaster. How great of an athlete. But he still competed on it. I think Fessy's a very good athlete. I think those four outpace everyone in terms of athletics. Right. So they get down there. TJ says, all right, we're going to have this competition tonight. And it's a girl's elimination. So it's a girl's night, which means Ashley will be facing uh, Natalie. And and only one of those two will be going home. Yeah. As of right now. Which everyone's mind breaks at that point. Yeah. Because the you, whole goal was to get CT out. And now you've made an enemy of Wes and CT. Mm-hmm. And whatever girl comes back. Yeah. Huh. That's tough. Because that was not the plan. I thought I was sending the whole team home. I thought that's where we did this. Right. Yes, there's 30 of us. Yes, there's 15 teams. We thought we were sending home but a team I we every week. home a full team, you know? Yeah, I thought we were sending home a full team. Not the case. Right. So they say women's elimination. Tonight we will be playing Fire Escape. Right. Which... Interesting game. They strap them both to a beam. Upside down. Upside down beam. There is a hump in the middle of the beam, and you have to slide down the beam, get to the end, slide back up the beam to win. By the way, the beam is on fire. And to give you just an idea of how this looks, they're both laying down with their backs facing. They're like laying down, so their backs are facing the ground. Their arms... And legs are both in straps. So their arms are in straps over a bar. Their legs are also in straps over a bar. You have to like maneuver your body, do like a uh, like a worm. Yeah. And then try to move your legs and your arms to continue them up and down the bar that's, you know, on fire. Just for funsies. Yeah. And to get that skull. I thought Ashley was going to do well on this because she has a smaller body type. So I thought she had more less weight to have to move. Nope. There was no doubt in my mind that Natalie was going to win this one because Ashley does not have the upper body strength to progress down the beam. And sure enough, you were correct. Natalie moved down the beam, moved back with very little. So Ashley did have the lead early. Eh, Maybe. But camera angles. I don't really know. She did have the lead because she got to the hump first and she got her legs over the hump first. And then Natalie said, oh, this is what I got to do. And then she smoked her. Right. And then the cameras tried to play up like it was close. But I don't think it was close. It wasn't close. So Ashley is the first one out this season. Ashley Mitchell. Going to miss her. Enjoy her. Former two-time challenge winner. Yeah. And then we have to figure out what happens now because Natalie's left there. CT, does CT go home? Does Ashley, does Ashley competing for both of them? Yeah. Who knows? So then they're standing there, and then TJ lets us know the second twist of the season. So that twist also broke everyone's brain. So TJ says, all right, Natalie, you can either A, keep your partner, Wes. First off, congratulations on your win. Oh, yeah. Here's your you, skull. Here's your skull. Yeah. You can A, keep your partner. B, Adopt CT as your new partner. Uh oh. Switch. Or C. Pick any partner you want that's out there except for Fessy. Except for Fessy, which was crazy. Natalie could have whoever she wants. That's how the episode ended. And that's how the season's going to go. So if you win an elimination, you get a skull and you get to pick your new partner. I mean, if you go in, because once the skulls are out, all hell breaks loose. 
But once the skulls are out, you're going back in. Yeah. Because I still got to try to get my skull. Mm-hmm. Very good premiere. Very good premiere. We get the this season on the challenge. Yep. It looks bonkers in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. We also get the spoiler alert. Neither Wes or CT are going home. Right, because we see Wes and CT in the preview of the season on. Yes. So they'll be on for at least another episode, both mm-hmm. of them. So I'm wondering. What do you do if you're Natalie? Because Natalie wanted to work with Wes, I don't think she changes. Uh huh. I think CT will probably have to sit out the next challenge and he will adopt whatever woman is left over. I don't think that, I don't think, I don't think that's, oh, you mean left over after they've all been paired up? So I think because the next one will probably be a men's elimination. Right. So if CT doesn't go in, uh huh, he will end up adopting whatever woman is left out in the cold. So I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing again, where the dude wins, he can dump his partner, he can keep his partner, or he can um, pick someone from the crowd. Mm -hmm. I think once all that musical chairs is over, CT will end up with whatever girl's left. I think CT is going to have to compete in the challenge. No matter what? Yeah. But that takes away the power of the double agents. No, I think CT is going to have to compete as a solo person and do, like, if, if there's two of us working together on this thing. You got to do it yourself? Yeah. Ooh. I think he's going to do it himself because it's a guy's elimination day. So each time it'll be the opposite gender elimination day. Right. So CT not having to work by himself puts him at an advantage because it gives him a rest day. Uh-huh. And it gets him rested up to maybe go into the elimination so you think he's going to have to sit out whatever the challenge is, the daily challenge is? No, I think he's going to have to complete the daily challenge by himself. By himself. Mm. So he could potentially be the double agent by himself. Possibly. But he'll be by himself, but he would have to do both halves of the thing. That's rough. I think it's going to be a... I mean, I think there's going to be an option for you to become the double agent, but I think it's going to be a very uphill battle for it to happen. If CT's left by himself. That's rough. Unless Natalie picks him, then then it's Wes doing it. Or yes, no matter what it's Wes doing, even if he picks someone else. I don't foresee Natalie making the switch. I think other teams will make the switch right. when the time comes, but I don't think it's going to be Natalie making the switch. I'm not going to lie. If I'm up there and I were to win an elimination, I'm probably going to try to switch to Natalie or Lolo at any time that I can. I'm probably switching to Natalie first, maybe Tori second, and then Lolo third. It'll be Natalie, Lolo, Tori. Because then I can be like, Lolo, I at least know what's going on in this thing. Yeah, I don't, I'm unsure about Lolo's puzzle skills is the only reason why I had her third. But that's why I would go Natalie, Lolo, Tori, and then Nicole. Those are the people I would try to switch to. I love Nicole, but she's dumb as rocks. <laughs> but I'm pretty smart. So that's why I would switch to her because I could be like that Devin situation for yeah. her. But that's what I would do if, if I if I were to be in it myself. For Natalie, I, I think you're right. I think she stays with Wes. I would love to see Natalie and CT as a... Or not Natalie. As, I'd love to see Natalie and CT as a team. I'd love to see CT and Nicole as a team. And then I just want to watch them lift weights and spot for each I other. I think they would just argue. Because I think... Nicole, I know. Nicole it would be hilarious. Is very bullheaded. And CT actually knows what he's doing, but he's also very bullheaded. I think they're just going to fight. Him. Like, hey, listen, bro. Blah, blah, blah. That's, not, that's Nicole. That's I just want to see the accents go back and forth. <laughs> you got Boston versus New York. 
You know who wins? America. That's <laughs> true. It's true. I, I think for that Boston New York thing alone would be why CT wouldn't pick <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> That's why Nicole Zanata's out. Each week this each week this season we're going to be talking about the challenge because that's one of the best competitions on. So definitely tune in for us to talk about the challenge. CJ, we got to get up out of here, but before we go, you have anything else on your mind? I want to talk about the Olympics. Okay. Not 2021 Olympics, but 2024 Olympics. We got new sports. So the Olympics will be on again in 2024. Well, that's the plan right now because okay. they postponed them a year for tw- from 2020 because of COVID to But they didn't push it to like 2025. No. Okay. So 2024 is the one after. So we're supposed to get Tokyo 2021 now because of COVID and then Paris 2024. Okay. So for these upcoming Olympics, we're getting new sports. So we're getting skateboarding. We're getting sports climbing. We are getting surfing. And we're getting breakdancing. Ooh. Yeah. So I was very interested in seeing breakdancing. Apparently breakdancing was done at the youth games in 2016 and was very well received. Okay. So they're bringing it to the Olympics on the international stage. The way that it has worked in the past is it is a one-on-one breakdance battle. And then the judges decide who wins. Okay. So that is the format. What I want to know is how does the scoring work? For example, in figure skating or in diving, you get points based on how technically difficult the moves are. But breakdancing is much more about flow. Are you supposed to have a routine? What happens if they change the song? Will the beats per minute affect it? Like, does every song have to be 120 beats per minute? Do you pick your own music? For your own routine? Do you just freestyle? I have so many questions. So there's so many variables. I have so many questions. And who are the judges? Do you bring in a judge like Paula Abdul? She's not a break dancer. Do you go way back in the way back machine and somehow find Shane Sparks and get him out of jail? Probably not. (laughs) I mean, like, I just have so many questions about how this is going to work. And then you also add in the X Games when you bring in skateboarding, which they have park and street, no half pipe. So isn't that the same thing? I'm not a skateboarder. I don't know. And then (laughs) surfing. What, like, where do you surf? What happens if the Olympics are in a landlocked country? Do they get a wave machine? Do you do it at a water park? I want to know how this works. And then sport climbing. Is it like speed climbing? Do you do it on an actual mountain? Do you go to an indoor climbing park? All of this, I have a lot of questions and they don't have a lot of answers yet. Now, granted, they have four years almost to figure it out, but it's exciting to have something new because I'm not going to lie. I don't want to watch Equestrian. Nah, I don't want to watch Equestrian either. Yeah. Are, they, are they getting rid of some Olympic sports? Not that they have announced yet. But I mean, they're constantly cycling in and out, which is why they have exhibition sports. Because like they got rid of baseball years ago and it's never made it back. Karate is not in the Olympics right now. So what sports are going to come in in the future? Are we going to see more X Games? Because the X game that I want them to bring back. BMX. No, actually. Oh. Sky surfing, where huh. you would jump out of a plane with a snowboard strap to your foot. And then you would do your routine while falling from the sky. How do you judge that? The same way that you judge breakdancing. I don't know. (laughs) I have 
so many questions. I have so many sports I want to float out there. Like, do we get esports in the Olympics? Because I would love to watch Overwatch. Or is it going to be League of Legends? Do you have a Madden Championship? 2K? They've talked about doing three-on-three basketball with the three-on-three teams. I thought they added three-on-three. Did they? I'm not sure. I thought it was still an exhibition sport. But, like, these are the questions that I have. Yeah, I believe they did do three-on-three. They added it this year. This this was supposed to be in 2021, I believe. Because I was wondering, three-on-three, do you just get, like, teammates that that haven't... (laughs) that played together well like but like if it's a three-on-three team are you going to get uh the best players like for the u.s are we sending lebron and Kawhi and ad to be our three-on-three team or are we going and getting street ball guys to play so i think there was a you had to like qualify from what i remember reading you had to qualify to do the three-on-three tournament and it was it was kind of interesting how it had to go that there was a, like a world rankings that you had to do. I don't have all the details, but that's what I remember reading. So the way that three on three rules will work is it's a half court game. Each team consists of four players, three on the court and one substitute. Coin toss is held to determine which team will start on offense. There's a three-point line that serves as a two-point line, so you're playing for ones and twos. Free throws also count as a single point if a foul is committed inside the arc. Winning team is the highest score at the end of a 10-minute period or the first team to 21. Score is tied after 10 points. Team goes into overtime. You got to score two points first to win. That's interesting. Yeah. That looks nothing like Olympic basketball. And by Olympic <laughs> basketball, I mean automatic American gold, except for 2004. <laughs> but we don't talk about that. So I just, it's exciting to see these new sports and I want to know how they work. Also, we need to figure out a U.S. handball team. Thank you. Thank you. So for those who are not in the know, handball is like this hybrid of soccer and basketball that is played primarily in Europe. This is a sport that, There is no reason why America is not winning. We have the best basketball players in the world. We have super athletes all over the place. Why can't we take like the G League players and teach them how to play handball? Because I feel like we should dominate in this sport. And yet we don't ever see it at the Olympics because the U.S. never makes it unless the Olympics are here in America. Right. Because you automatically get in every sport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see a U.S. handball team. I would just like to see an introduction to handball in the U.S. because I think it's a sport that could take off. I've been saying this for years. I've been shouting it from the mountain tops. We need a handball team. Yeah. Things that I'm not trying to watch during the Olympics. Equestrian. Golf. Probably surfing. Sports that are not handball. I'm trying to watch it. But I'm trying. Out handball. I'm trying to watch handball. Oh, man. A handball team would be great. It'll be so good. Yeah. We just got to take these former athletes and have them uh, switch sports. They're already super athletes to begin with. I mean, if you're saying, hey, you can be a professional athlete, but not in this sport. We can do it in another sport. Go for it. I had a friend who was an elite college basketball player in Southern California. She got a college scholarship to University of Miami. Not in basketball, in rowing. (laughs) See, if you could do one thing, you'll probably do another. Yeah. So... Because of her athletics, she actually got a full ride University of Miami in Florida because 
she's an athlete. Mm. I feel like we can do that here with the basketball players. Like, you can't make the NBA, but you know what you can do? Win the U.S. a gold medal. Right. Win yourself a gold medal. Yeah. You should do that. Man, handball, that'd be so good. CJ, it's been great talking to you. You got anything? Where, where, where can they find you on the socials? Well, they can find me at CJLeo4 on the gram. Find me at Keyboard Sarcasm on Twitter. You know what else they can find? This isn't me, but BattleBots is back. Oh, we will be covering BattleBots. BattleBots. I was pleasantly surprised when my DVR was like, hey, guess what came on last week? BattleBots. <laughs> Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Discovery Channel. Check it out. Because when we have time, we will be talking we about it. We will be talking about it. Um, check us out next week where we talk about the challenge. We will be talking about the basketball preview. That's all that we're going to be talking about, basketball and the challenge next week. I'm looking very forward to our big-ass basketball preview. Yeah. And we're going to also probably do the final of the Amazing Race. We actually might do the basketball preview on a separate podcast, so check that out. Um, also, subscribe. I know you probably listen to this. If you have any friends that want to listen, have them subscribe. Rate and review us. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Do all that. Theory Podcast Network. You can find us there. Or the winners take all. Winner takes all. Feed. Find us there. I'm KG Fury on socials. Also follow Fury Podcast Network for all the things. Check out all of our other podcasts too on the Fury Podcast Network. Top 5 Go. Decom After Dark. Check those things out. I think that's it. Find me a PS5. <laughs> CJ, next week listen to CJ's PS5 Chronicles. I'm about to go play some cyberpunk. So with all that, man, goodbye. Bye. Bye.